This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb. I am Rich Levine. It's Tuesday morning. The Celtics are one win shy of the Eastern Conference Finals. Today we will recap Game 5 against the Raptors, preview Game 6. But first, as always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Give us a follow on Twitter. That's at Winning Plays Pod. Shout out to CLNS Media. Shout out to Bet Online. B-Rob, uh, good morning to you. Uh, especially, morning, sir. especially good morning out here in, uh, in Los Angeles. Very <laughs> early. But uh, so I started off our last show with the disclaimer that regardless of anything else, the Celtics aren't going to win many games where they shoot seven for thirty-five from three-point land. Uh, today, I'm going to start with this. I don't care who the Raptors play; they are not going to win many games where Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam combine for twenty points. Um, uh, the Celtics defense came to play last night. I think that started with Marcus Smart on Lowry, which, which you wrote about on Boston Sports Journal. So I think we got to start with that Smart on Lowry because that because in Game Five um, or Game Four, I'm sorry, you know Lowry obviously set the tone from the very beginning, uh, but he just never got off in Game Five, and that's uh, Marcus Smart. Yeah, I mean that's just and even Game Three too. The he I think had 32 points in a game. Three. He's been um, awesome all series. Four. Yeah, he's been awesome all series. But like in these last two games, he has been the energy for the Raptors. He's been the one consistent performer in terms of getting shot creation for himself or his teammates. You know, Siakam has struggled all series. Van Fleet is very has been very iffy with his jump shots and finishing. So Lowry is the engine, and Brad Stevens and his staff kind of just looked at it. You know that. That had been the assignment for Jason Tatum in the first four games on Lowry. And not that he had done a bad job, but, I mean, that's just a tough assignment for him, for a guy that, you know, is nine inches taller and Lowry is has every trick in the book and and knows and is faster than Tatum. And he kind of burned him a few times off of screens um, in game four. And so uh, the Celtics took a step back to, hey, we have, you know, the best defensive guard in the, the league right now. And we know that, he we needed him for other assignments early on but now we need to priority number one needs to be stopping Lowry and smart and to be honest the whole team defense did a really terrific job of just zeroing in on him and making sure he had nothing available to him in game five and and the Toronto's offense crumbled with it yeah, you talk about team defense, and you talk about Tatum not being on Lowry anymore. But he also—it's not like he just that Lowry wasn't on his radar anymore. He was he, not right. just as important, but he was helping. He had that that great steal. Um, Where did he come from on that steal? <laughs> like, his arms, his arms just shot up out of nowhere, like ten feet in the air. Um, and I saw Forsberg tweeted this, uh, just more specific to the Marcus Smart matchup, is that Lowry didn't attempt a shot in a five thirty scoreless uh, in five thirty scoreless minutes of matchup time against Smart. And then yeah. uh, Raptors' offensive rating was 85.2 in the 29 minutes Smart and Lowry sh- uh, shared the floor. That's, that a, is, that's a strong that, statement. That's getting the job done. I mean, it's it's a situation where Smart... And I think Smart all around in this game was... I mean, he was himself defensively in terms of not... Just, just saying, okay, Lowry, I'm not letting you get into the paint. I'm not letting you get to your easy spots here. If you want to go and dribble into trouble, you can um, against Tice or against other bigs down low. But Smart was just solid, and that's and for a Toronto offense that just doesn't have much firepower outside them, there's there's no place for them to go on that front. So twelve um, se- twelve seven and six line. 
you know, while doing that defensively. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, with Smart, it, like, I thought he was just un- incredibly unselfish all game. He almost got a little too unselfish at times, turning down like um, layups or close shots. But he was he was making the extra pass all night. And I mean, it was it looked like it was contagious for that whole Celtics offense once they got going um, midway through the first half. But um, it clearly that was a point of emphasis for him because I think him, Jalen Tatum, they were all guilty of some, as Brad Stevens likes to put it, some going for home runs um, mm-hmm. in game four. And there was really none of that in game five from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, no, again, it, it, it helps when you when you jump out to the lead like the Celtics did. When you jump out and Jalen Brown takes his first shot of the game, drains a three. It was at the first possession of the game, I think. Yes. Uh, and coming off, you know, when we talked about how you know, he was horrible the first three quarters last game, and he was less horrible. He wasn't great in the fourth quarter, but he was at least showing signs of being himself, and that carried over to this game. I mean, I mean the dunk on, on OG. I mean, I just like the, the symbolism of, you know, OG hit the shot on Jalen, right? Uh, and I don't know if that's Jalen just reclaiming himself a little bit with the way he threw it down on OG, but that was uh, that set the tone. I don't even know if there was any coming back after that. No, I mean that the Shemi's reaction that to that dunk. Go go <laughs> look at it, uh, friend of the pod and guest coach that um, B Jacks Brennan Jackson actually texted me that in real time, and it was. Maybe the one of the funniest things. Where What's he, he do? He like cover. He covers his face. Like, he covers his shot. face and he just starts like shaking his head and covers his head. <laughs> so it's just like, can you imagine? Being like, oh my cl- god! Can you imagine being that close to to a dunk like that? I don't blame him. Like it's a, it's 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 only human. <laughs> and, and I guess you know he's used to Shemmy's used to being on the bench. I guess to, when 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 plays like that happen, right? He's got it in him that he's that he it's part of his job is reacting to dunks on the sidelines. So I guess when you're on the court, uh, what's he supposed to do? Right. You have to do the work there. And it is like that dunk came out of nowhere. That was, you know, smart. made a great pass to Jalen. And then Jalen's like, all right, here we go. And right. then just, there wasn't a, there wasn't a runway. It wasn't, no, you know, was, he didn't get a running start. That was almost no, just like was, a jump stop. Just Jalen though. And, uh, and, and the, and the dunk started on the other end with the block, uh, by Daniel Tice. Pretty yeah, good we, game we should, for Tice. We need to talk about him a little bit since he, I think rich, like, that might have been its best defensive performance as a, as a Celtic, at least in the first half. Um, so, what did you see specifically from him? That that kind of he he was just everywhere. Like like that he was there for the weak side blocks on Lowry um, or Norm Powell in that instance. Um, so that you know that that's been there over the course of the season anyway. But he he held up incredibly well on switches. The Celtics, I think, in this on top of putting Smart and Lowry, they they also decided okay, we're we're going to switch anytime we really need to switch here to make sure that he can't get ahead of steam at any point. And there are a couple instances where, you know, Tice just like stone cold him, like guy getting him into the paint and forced him into tough jumpers. And that's a very tough thing to do against Lowry. And so to be able to hold up so well in that spot while also being able to like, you know, just dominate Gasol down low. Um, it was, it was a performance that makes you think like it's if he keeps playing like that in these games, like it is going to be very tough for any team to beat the Suggs because he is kind of just checking off all the boxes defensively. Maybe the secret is to get kicked in the face. 
Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he plays his best crap. games when he gets kicked in the face. That, that, that we can say that for <laughs> sure right now. That, that was interesting. It's amazing. He didn't get called for a foul in that situation. Um, that was a, a, a good sign as well. But yeah, no, Ty's amazing. 30, 30 minutes. How did uh, that not get reviewed by the way? Yeah. I don't I know. It was unintentional. Yeah, I don't think it was intentional. Maybe because it was Tice. If it was anyone else, maybe they would have reviewed it. <laughs> but only only three fouls in thirty minutes too. That's that's a, that's nice to see from one turnover. Um, it's funny we're looking we're looking at the box score now, and you know we're kind of going through all the guys and reacting to their to their play. And there's really only only six guys we have to talk about today. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess it's I mean, the two guys we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, hmm. Let's go with Kemba. Uh, like you said, check, checking the guy's hearts before the game. He th- this is this was the leadership, you know. This is what you bring him in, bring him in for. He doesn't necessarily lead like um, I don't know. He's not he's not doesn't seem he's not very loud, you know. Certainly not yeah. on the outside, but you get to get the feeling that inside those walls, inside that locker room, inside that bubble, this guy is leading. And from what he's saying after the games, like tough losses, uh, like uh, like game four. You know what he what he's doing before the games, and then listen. Once once the game started, he was fantastic. Uh, just just driving right, and obviously he's he's hitting his shot. He's got that step back, whether it's from the elbow, whether it's from three point land. But he was attacking too. He really was, Rich, and I think that was a sneaky part of this win with the attacking because Toronto in this series before Game Five, they're doing all sorts of stuff to to hide their bigs in the pick and roll defense, whether it was pre switching or zoning it up or whatever. And Kemba just in this game, and I'm sure this was, you know, credit goes to the the, the game plan too, to, to set this up for him. Um, he just did wasted no time. So the, those pre-switching and stuff, that was a lot of that was out the window because Kemba would be, once they got the ball off of a miss, he'd be out and he'd be, the Celtics would be into their offense four or five seconds into the shot clock, it seemed like. And Kemba looked like he was shot out of the cannon. Um just not even, you know, navigating the pick and roll and finding the seams. And on top of that, um, even when they went to zone, like he would still get it into a three on two situation quickly there. And there's actually what there's one play I need to I'll probably tweet it out later. That the the Raptors went to a triangle and two um on him and Jalen when Tatum was out of the game. And Kemba got the double screen at the top anyway and immediately um broke past the first two guys in the Raptors zone and so that led to just you know Smart was wide open in the corner for a three and the guy closest to him was Siakam on the other side of the floor it was like the exa- wow. perfect example of like why the triangle and two does not work in the NBA um, <laughs> because because you because Kemba literally just broke it down in two seconds and and there was no one to contest the shot so and that that's a credit to him yeah and we're talking about his offense but at the same time, I know you wrote about this as well. Is you know he's he's on Van Vliet, which isn't a, an, an easy matchup for him. But you know no. Fred Fred finished, finished with eighteen points, but six of fourteen from the field, and really didn't affect the game the way he had in, in the games where the Raptors have really thrived. And it was that just really just hit him bearing down and and just not, just just not letting Van Vliet get any space. Is that what you're what, what you're seeing with with Kemba? Yeah, I mean he's he's everywhere. Like, again, he's not on him a hundred percent of the time, but pretty close to that and yeah and four of the only four of those points came in the first half of Van Fleet so when the game was right. on the line um Kemba was there and he just again he ever, like the rest of the team Kemba kind of let his guard down a little thing a little bit in game four with 
missing some closeouts and losing track of Van Fleet. That did not happen in this game. He was zeroed in just as well as everyone else. Um, to be honest, it was hard to find like a defensive mistake period by the entire starting five um, in the first half. They were, it was uh, something when they're watching the film today, like I would think Stevens is just showing like good plays as opposed to finding anything that they did wrong, at least early on. Yeah. And then uh, Serge, uh, it's nice to talk about him uh, coming, coming back to earth a little bit. One of three from, from deep. <laughs> He Seven. couldn't do it forever. Like he was what sixty percent from three before this game. Uh, yeah, at least sixty or six hundred. I'm not sure, but yeah, that was <laughs> that, that that. And and what do you think? I mean, and some of that, do you think is that just the the lack of uh, of time, Lord? And I, listen, I've been I've been a big defender of, of Rob Williams this entire series, um, but I don't know. It's clear it's clear that that Ibaka had been having some success against him, um, and he didn't. It wasn't Time Lord's best best performance in the in the in the eight minutes that he got uh, in Game Five. And it's funny just because we talked about you know the beginning of the series and even the one game uh, before the playoffs started in the bubble, where it seemed that Rob Williams was a guy that was just built to perform against uh, against the Raptors. Yeah. And what is it? Are they just confusing him on defense? Are they just showing him too many too many options or you know too many variations for for him to just grasp at this at this point? Or is it just a confidence in some ways? It's. I mean, I think the Raptors are a very tricky team, and so that is there's a lot of concepts there. I do think though, um, from a defensive standpoint, I think Stevens. And the Celtics in general were, were happy to let Ibaka let those shots fly or even in the in the series. Like that wasn't a of the things they wanted to take away. That was pretty far down the list, and they were like, "Okay, Ibaka's going to beat us." Then, like from three, like right. that's what we'll, we'll take. It's, the we'll going to shoot sixty percent. You're just going to lose. That's how, that's how right. it works. <laughs> exactly. And so then when he did it after four games, it was like, "Okay, this needs to be addressed." And I think Stevens, the Celtics had a point. It was like, "Okay, we can really." zone in on defense here and keep with with Tice and keep Tice out there more for those Ibaka minutes. Um, or they could have gone for the more offensive look with, with, with Rob Williams. And I think we saw again, Stevens went with the defense and it was, it was the right call because that's, um, that's the thing you can control more against a team like this. Sure. Um, hey, Birab, did you know that uh, the football is back? It's this weekend, right? Yes, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures today. Head to Bet Online and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Um, Can we talk about a surprise in this series too? A surprise in this series. Nick Nurse is whining. Not a surprise. <laughs> um, Marcus All sucking. Not a surprise. What do you no, got not me? a surprise. What, what's, um, what's surprising? Surprise. Celtics bench outplaying the Toronto bench. As yeah. a, as a, as a whole. Right. I mean, Abaka is a or typically Abaka is a Baka, but that's it. And Time Lords had a couple of good games. Brad Wanamaker soundly outplaying Norm Powell in this series. Um, thank, you for bringing up, thank you for bringing up Brad. He deserves it after that. He really does. I mean, what that performance was 
may have been, I mean, given this, the stakes, his, his best performance in a Celtic uniform, I'd say. Oh, yo, for for sure, and I just that's just one of those things. And we we spent so much time all season breaking down every aspect of every uh, you know of everything to, to do with this team, and to think that in a pivotal game five of the second round against Toronto Raptors, Brad Wanamaker is going to be your sixth man playing almost thirty minutes with no Gordon, and the Celtics winning a blowout. You know what I mean? And and like and he, and yeah, and like you know some of some of those some of those uh, those stats came in the second half, but. That's that second quarter. He had a second quarter stretch where you know Toronto was hanging around a little bit, and he he stepped in and and, and did a, a little Kemba impression. I thought that was he, it was impressive. He was great against the zone, like just in terms of not settling, attacking where there are seams, setting up guys um, off the dribble drive, and for him, it's a situation where. That's huge for the Celtics because Toronto's one of their last cards in this series, which they hadn't really gone to much before last night, was the all-small lineup with, um, you know, Siakam at the five and Norm Powell in there for Gasol. And they got roasted because Wana- and the Celtics have the counter in that situation with throwing in Wanamaker with all their scorers and ball handlers and... And he's pretty good at finding the open seams there. So I don't like Nick Nurse now. Now that the the Celtics have made the adjustment on Lowry, um, they clearly have some confidence back after a rough shooting night. I like I don't know what his like last gas move is right now uh, for Game Six. Yeah, and uh, zero turnovers for Brad. That means zero travels, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> he got them all out of the system. It's impressive. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, so we say, should we, do you want you want to you want to turn the page? Oh, you know what? The one one guy we didn't talk, we haven't talked about Tatum. Um, and you know, ho-hum, sneaky good first half. Ho hum, eighteen ten four. <laughs> you know, I mean, thirty six minutes, but still, like only five of fifteen from the field wasn't his best shooting day. But again, a situation like this, when he's shooting five of fifteen, gets to the foul line eight times. You know, seven of eight from the line. That was one spot. Celtics twenty four twenty seven from the foul line. Uh, in this game, versus 11, uh, 13 for for the Raptors. So you know that that that's a sign of the of, of how dominant uh, they were. Um, but yeah, again, only only of all the starters, of all the you know six guys that really played, Tatum has the lowest plus minus at plus twelve. Um, but yeah, you know he I, I thought he was he was solid. You know I th- he, there was one play in the in the first or first or second quarter I think it was the first where he sort of caught a ball on the run, probably a step behind the three point line. And just really, I mean, he, you talk about driving to the hoop and, and wanting to get to the basket. He picked it up on the run. I think he took maybe one dribble, one step, and finished really strong. And that was just indicative of just, you know, the vibe that the entire team had, I think. Yeah, I think I remember that play, and that was exactly that kind of just was a tone setter for where this team was at. And, you know, the, the final numbers for him were a little ugly um, in terms of the shooting 5 of 15, but... Um, I had in the first half before he picked up his three fouls, he was, you know, at one part in the game was leading the team with like, you know, in points, rebounds and assists. Um, pretty good. First. So they're not they're pretty good there. And just rewatching the first half, like a lot of the offense um, really just stemmed from him, even though, you know, it was Toronto kept throwing doubles at him and he would read it and wait for it and make the, the, the kickout pass or um, make the road the right um you know or just make the quick move to the hoop so they can get there in time and that again was just something 
you wanted to see after what was uh you know he knew a bad game for performance offensively but it was clear that he wasn't you know fully locked in and we saw that in game five so what's it gonna take to uh I mean, I, I guess it's pretty easy, right? I mean, it, it's, not, it's easier said than done for sure, but let's talk about what it's going to take for the Celtics to close this out because, you know, I, I still, even if it goes to seven, I still like the Celtics to win the series. You don't want to get to a game seven. Anything no. can happen in game seven. Right. Um, so what's it going to take to, to, to close this out? I mean, clearly you're going to come out, you're going to keep Marcus on, on, on Lowry, right? You save Marcus from one more game, just, just, just be you, just, just drive Lowry nuts. And then, again, one of those things, like you, you don't expect – Tatum to have two so-so games in a row, so maybe you know maybe you expect Tatum to to take you over the top because Kemba. I think I think Kemba has, has carried the load more in this series. Um, but yeah, what do you think it takes? Yeah, I mean, I think you just have to play defense like that again. I mean, forget the if you play defense, you're going to win Game Six even if you have a a rough shooting night. I think because I don't think Toronto is going to be able to score consistently enough when it matters if you play with that kind of focus um, on all their key players, because it'd be one thing if Siakam, you know, had showed any signs of being an all-star in this series, but he, he hasn't, he hasn't throughout all of Orlando. Nick Nurse was like pretty much admitting to that in his post-game press conference last night, which I don't think is a great sign um, or a good motivating tool. Um, and then, like you said, like Gasol is Gasol. Like, I don't think he's hit a shot, of consequence in the series um and he just looks it like, doesn't even look confident just, he's just kind of like just just flipping it up there yeah he just it's just not there he hasn't hit three he's over 10 from three um and then yeah so it, it really comes down to you know if if you can keep lowry and van fleet you know inside the box and don't let them get hot from three which um has been a promising series. I guess Norm Powell did get some momentum in, in the garbage time second half, 16 points, 4 of 11 from 3. So, yeah, you, you look to keep him from getting any real confidence there. But it, it to me, it's it's all defense right now for the season. And it was a pretty strong start in, in, in from a game plan standpoint in game five. Yeah, I guess one of those things like you never know. Make foul trouble could could change things a little bit. I don't sure. know if, if Marcus gets a little bit you know too aggressive on Lowry or, or whatever it is. If they're a little bit too hyped, because you know you, you you figure and it's an and it's an emotional game. We see it back and forth. You see like the way that that the Raptors came out in in, in Game Four, the way the Celtics came out yesterday, and you got to imagine that with their backs against the wall, that might be you know. The, the scales might might tip a little bit more towards Toronto in terms of intensity just because they need it right. you know they, they these teams are both made of human do beings you think they're gassed at all after all those big minutes in like three and four yeah I guess it's possible uh, but you know again these guys are professional athletes and and you know at, at, at some point I, I, yeah it, it'll be a convenient excuse right if, 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 it, if, if they fall short. But you would think for even just one more game, maybe in Game Seven, that's where they don't have any more left. But you would think with, when 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 the Celtics know deep down that they still can lose a game and, and come back in Game Seven, you said you would think that regardless of how many minutes they played recently, because it's not like that. I mean, how many more minutes have the have the Raptors starters played than the than the Celtics guys? I mean, even even in a game last like last like yesterday, where it's a pretty convincing win for the Celtics. I mean, Tatum played thirty six, Jalen played thirty seven, Kemba played you know basically thirty six. Um, so it's not like they're they're resting. They play. They actually played more. I mean, uh, Siakam played twenty eight. 
Van Vliet and Lowry both only played 34. So they'll be a little bit more rested. Uh, right. In terms yeah, of just for like game finish. five, yeah. like just like I look like I was wondering if last night, like they came, you know, Lowry had rested maybe like five total minutes in the last two games and Van Fleet and Siakam were pretty, you know, pretty close to that. And I feel like norm me, this might just be a convenient excuse, but like normally in the playoff grind, like there's not every other game, every other day schedule. Yeah, like that's this. for sure. Usually yeah. you get two days rest through for a bunch of these games for so they can stretch it out for TV purposes. But when it's coming at you, you know, every other day for, you know, a good month, month and a half now, it, I'm wondering if, you know, for a team like Toronto that is so top heavy, if it's starting to just take its toll a little bit in a game like that. Yeah, no, I, I think that, that that's fair. And, and as we talk about, you know, hopefully potentially the Celtics closing this out in one of the next two games, it's nice to see that the Bucks and Giannis were able to to maybe stretch the heat out a little bit more, get them a little bit more uh, a little bit more, more worn out uh, before a potential Eastern Conference Finals. Um, what do you think about? I mean, obviously, I, I, do you think Giannis going to try and play tonight? I don't know. I mean, the reports from down there make it sound like he's you know walking around in the boot still, and I mean, I know that's like normal protocol for a, a sprained ankle, but I I wonder just do you throw him out there simply as a decoy or is that just not worth it for you? For me, I'm, I feel like you have to win three more games anyway. So I think maybe, you know, if you're going to throw him back out there and lose him after 10 more minutes, like maybe you, you see if you can win one without him and have better luck in game six. Sure. Or, or, or if you just, you know, you can, you can run him down to the bone and then trade him in the off season. <laughs> I'm sure you can still, I, you know, even, even with that sprained ankle, you know, you could probably get, top dollar for for Giannis considering he's 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 gonna leave as soon as his contract's up um what do you think he's gonna is, is he gonna end up in Miami Oof, that would be scary I mean that would be they certainly have the the young appealing assets to make a a, a nice offer for him like, um, like yeah and like he'd never have to deal with Bam again perfect for him right <laughs> but at the same time if you're Milwaukee unless he tells you if you think there's close to a 50% chance that he might stay, you know, you have to read it well clearly, but I don't know if you can trade him anyway. Um, maybe you wait till the, 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 the trade deadline. Um, but I don't think they're going to get an offer strong enough where they, that convinces them to pull the trigger this off season. I think there's other changes they need to make first, starting with the head coach and, maybe not signing like old washed up guys <laughs> that are exposed in the postseason. Oh, um, I just feel like the teams that wait, the teams that wait get burned, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, know. that's fair. Like the offer can go down clearly if you if even need team knows you're desperate. And, uh, speaking of, of sprained ankles, um, Mr. Gordon Hayward back in the bubble, uh, clearly not going to be back. Cause it, so what's, what's the latest? What's the latest? I know that he's just back and he can't really rehab with anyone on the team while he's stuck in his room, right? Right. He's quarantined for at least four days in his room. Um, I think he got back Sunday night, so the quarantine lasts till at least Thursday, I would imagine. So, I mean, there's two factors at play here. It's one, you know, he's he's not going to be ready to play in this series, and after that, then it's... I'm very curious to see how the NBA sets up the conference finals if the Celtics make it through. Do they wait for the West to catch up 
because they're a couple games behind in their you know semifinal series, or are they just gonna you know have that you know wait period happen during before the NBA finals where you know both teams the East team might get a lot more rest before that? Yeah, in terms of fairness, it would probably make more sense to hold off on the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Right, I would think so. But I think TV just motivates everything here. So it's right, like whatever TV wants, TV's going to get. Really? Well, uh, are there smart people in charge of TV? Uh, that, 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 that's, what, <laughs> that's what concerns me a little bit. But right. yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. But like, it, I don't know. Maybe it depends on, on what LeBron thinks more than TV. Um, <laughs> but do, do you think we see, and I guess it depends on how, so in, in, in that case, it would like uh, delaying the Eastern Conference Finals would be better in terms of getting Gordon back, clearly. Sure, right. Um, and the just in time for him to, to leave. Well, right. When, I mean, when's the baby I, I wonder, there's no set due date. So, I mean, you wonder, I imagine if he's, it's not super soon if he's coming back to the, to the bubble. And like, if it was the middle of next week or something like that, you, I would imagine that he would stay with Robin and his family because if he was going to have to quarantine and then could leave almost immediately, then what, what would be the point of coming back at this point? Right. Um, but if it's, you know, late September, then yeah, then you come back, you get your rehab in with your coaches and maybe you can get a, a game or two in, in the conference finals before, um, you head out for a few days to, for the birth of your son. Yeah. And also, and we'll say, and we talk about the bench and uh, I mean, just, and if we're to assume that Gordon can come back and be, you know, eventually the, the Gordon that we saw before he went down. Yeah, you know, just bring in Marcus Smart off the bench. The, the Celtics, I mean, the, you can make the argument that the Celtics are serious contenders right now, but you get you get Gordon Hayward back, and like this team, that, that that's it's scary, you know. In terms of just just when you look at the rest of the NBA this year, uh, you know who the not not that it'd be easy, you know, against Houston or Denver or the Clippers or the Lakers, but certainly the Celtics are right there, um, even without him. But having Gordon, man, that would that that would just be such a game changer. Um, I mean, is there, are they going to get a better chance to win a title than this run right now, like in the foreseeable future? I mean, being where they are, right? Like, like, right. like now that they're actually here, you you never know. You you certainly can't say for sure, yes, right? I mean, you get a a year where Giannis is injured, um, you know, where you don't have to go on the road. You don't you, you don't have to go on a road in a year that you didn't have like that's, home court advantage uh, against when it when it really would have mattered. Uh, no, I think that's fair. And again, like this is a team that is I think built for the bubble. You know, they they, they we talk about chemistry. You're talking about having uh, a bunch of younger guys who aren't necessarily. I mean, you know, is Deuce in, in the bubble? He did come, right? No. Oh, so he he's not coming, coming yet. He's oh. not coming if they go deeper than he might come that's the word from tatum okay cool and then like even even like the older guy okemba is a single guy right like they 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 aren't you know yeah no one i don't i don't think any family the only i think adam himmelsbach tweet is i think the only family down there right now is romeo lankford's family oh interesting yeah so they just they said they seem to like each other they seem to just 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 believe in what they're doing down there i mean you talk about some of these teams that are just like you know can't wait to get home or some of the players that are really struggling and I, I don't know this for sure but you don't get the sense that there are very many celtics in that boat 
you seem like they they are a team just when it comes to chemistry wise uh they are built for this situation like yeah so yeah i mean this i will they get a better chance i don't know but they have a damn good chance this year that's for sure yeah i guess it's like from my standpoint i don't think you're gonna get an easier row in the eastern conference than this like toronto is a great toronto's good team they're they're good but from a talent level standpoint offensively that's they're the worst offensive playoff team remaining um easily and so just in terms of star power and things like that like you just look at the future of the east with the heat and i mean we'll see if the bucks Kyrie and durant now with steve nash at the home like that's gonna be i think I mean, we'll find out what that is we can talk about that for a second in a minute um but that you know those guys that duo isn't going away anytime soon and yeah i just think I don't think Celtics can be expected to get home court advantage throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs, um, given that competition on a regular basis. So to know you can play all these series without having to worry about that um, heading into the finals, it's just, and with the fluke injury luck that you can always get, that can always pop up with something like Kemba, um, this this might be, not that, that it won't come up, but it, it's it's hard not to think to how big this moment is for them. No, for sure. And I think they realize that. And I think they will as they get closer. You know, again, once once you get hopefully get to these and again, knock on wood. But once you get to the Eastern Conference finals and you see and we're not cutting Miami short, but like when you see the Miami Heat, right, when you thought it was going to be Giannis, you, for sure it was going to be Giannis or maybe even Embiid and Simmons or whatever it is. Um uh, yeah, no, it's again. I, I don't think that they're they're going to take any of this for granted. Uh, but before we get too too carried away, moving forward. Uh, so, what do you think? What what, what happens in in Game Six on uh, on Wednesday? I'm probably overreacting since I picked the Celtics in seven, but I think you're going to get a tight Celtics win. I I don't know whether. I mean, Nick Nurse, you. you you junk things up defensively, but the Celtics have been figuring out that zone like I talked about. So um, unless, you know, because Siakam has to wake up for them to get to a game seven in my mind. And I don't know if I have a lot of faith in that at this standpoint. So could it happen? Absolutely. Could they, Toronto still win the series? Absolutely. If Siakam turns into an all-star again, then yeah, like you, all you need is add in some hot three-point shooting nights and the Celtics could be, back in a bind quickly but the the track record with him right now says that that that's not going to happen yeah no i i agree you know they we've we've had five games in this series and for you know minus one game and 0.5 seconds the celtics have been the better team you know they were they were right. clearly the better team in in that in the game three uh before og shot so they the 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 they're proven to be a better team, I believe, than these Raptors. Uh, and again, there are just so many people that can do it for the Celtics. You know, again, to win a game like they did uh, in Game Five and have Tatum kind of have a subpar performance, I just think he hasn't had his 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 superstar show. I don't think yet in this in this series. And I think he's got one game where he can really do it. And I think it's going to be Game Six. Um, so I'm going to take the Celtics too. I think I had Celtics in six to start. So I have, I have some incentive here to to, to go with this, but <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going to say that the, that the Celtics close it out uh, on Wednesday. All right. Well, we will be watching eagerly for that on Wednesday evening. Um, any quick thoughts on the West or the Steve Nash hire? Uh, 
Hmm. I mean, again, I, I, you, you assume that the Nash hire was very specific to Kyrie and Durant's uh, tastes and preferences. Sure. So on that level, like, yeah, I, 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 I love the people complaining about it and then like not putting two and two together for that being like, right. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it clearly seems like a pretty smart guy. He certainly understands basketball. I think he's a he's a he's a good communicator. You know, he's someone that you know, in the, in, as a former player, not only just a former player, as a former star, is someone that the the other the current stars can respect. Um, and yeah, you know, I I I, I don't. Uh, by the way, I don't necessarily think this means that Nets are going to be as good as people think. You know, I I still I'm still not sure. That that I'm interested to see what KD looks like, what percentage of his form his former self he looks like after this, after the injury and then the entire year off. Um, I'm interested to see how Kyrie's knee uh, body can hold up, how his mind can hold up, uh, how he can deal with with teammates and all that. Uh, I don't think you know, Steve Nash does not have an easy job, even if he is the the, the right hire. Um, I, I'm not. I'll say this: I'm not necessarily any more frightened of the Nets than I was beforehand. Um, mm-hmm. And in the West, I don't know. I, I like the, the Rockets Lakers series is interesting. I th- I kind of think it's still going to be Clippers Lakers in the finals. Um, the Nuggets are putting up more than the fight than I expected against the Clippers. Yeah, I mean the the, the Nuggets games. are good. You know, it's kind of like, I mean this this is a play, this is the the second round of the the playoffs. Certainly in the Western Conference. I mean these are these these are really good teams. Um, but I just think when it comes down to it, like that that star power of LeBron and AD. Uh, especially with Westbrook, just doesn't seem to be, you know, even the best Westbrook these days is, is isn't what he used to be. And now where he's just sort of, I don't know if he's 100% healthy, and the shot is even more of a mess than than, than usual. Um, I just think, and LeBron seems to be conserving himself still a little bit. So I'm gonna say Clippers Lakers in the in the conference finals. Could be fun here. Could be, I, I mean, it will that's, definitely. That's be an NBA fun. NBA's dream right there. Yeah, like, right. To get that those two teams in the conference finals. With, I mean, I'm not gonna, not gonna throw out a Boston LA final yet, but um, but that's certainly on the table. <laughs> All right, that's it for the winning plays pod. Uh, we'll be back after Game Six to see if the Seas have punched their ticket to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, in the meantime, hit us up at Brian T Rob on Twitter at Rich underscore Levine um, and at Winning Plays plays pod and that brian here as well and uh check out boston sports journal per usual for more enhanced coverage